0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, Spring Football Goes Bushman League. What
1: did you learn about BYU football after the 2017 Spring Scrimmage? You're live to practice with an assistant football coach. Plus, Eric Mika is in studio. What does he need to hear to go pro? Don't forget about BYU
0: volleyball taking down number one and yet another step toward the greatest moral victory in BYU history. Let's go!
2: This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, back to work. Live, your day-to-day play-by-play from Studio B. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, March 27th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the scepter of victorious Morales.
1: Jerome Jordan. I'm not a huge fan of moral victories. They have their place, per se. But the actual winners don't discuss moral victories. This weekend, Gonzaga is not discussing moral victories. They're discussing an actual victory, and they're in the Final Four. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way, to Gonzaga. There are those that are like, no, no, I want them to lose. That's St. Mary's. Okay, I wanted Gonzaga to get to the Final Four. I think that Mark Few is a fantastic coach. I have a ton of respect for that program. They deserved that. So congratulations to Gonzaga. Very cool for them. But cool. Jeremy, B- the B- BYU
0: has taken another step toward the greatest moral victory in program history. And it is because of what you brought up. The Zags in the year that BYU beat them when they were number one in Spokane crazy, right? is headed to the Final Four. I want Gonzaga Whoa.
1: to win the title. Victory. It doesn't matter, yes. though. If they lose to South Carolina, a seventh seed, still a they'll success. O- they'll always re- we don't talk about Oh, man, it was a bummer losing to Florida in double overtime in the Sweet 16 in 2011. No, no, no. We talk about how BYU got to the Sweet 16, right? So if Gonzaga wins the whole thing, that'd be pretty awesome, too. If BYU was the only team, moral victory. Yeah. How about this? One Tom Holmo,
0: the athletic director at BYU, was the man presenting the West Regional Trophy to the Zags. Ain't that a thing? (laughs) (laughs) That's like... Congratulations on your unbelievable success. Remember how we beat you. <laughs> Do you think
1: Tom's like, we beat you. Remember that. B- did BYU help get Gonzaga into the Final Four? That's a serious did question. They spark, because, did they spark Because the fire. there was a loss already and the pressure of that wasn't there. I'm serious when I say that. Maybe. Like, like maybe. not really, but kind of.
0: Good stuff. And congratulations in all seriousness. To Gonzaga. That's pretty cool for the West Coast Conference.
1: Yeah. St. Mary's, I hope you lose in the first round every year. But Gonzaga, (laughs) please go to the Final Four. (laughs) The the respect is there for the Zags, right? (laughs) Bring on the headlines.
2: It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines.
0: Defense and the tight end stood out in the BYU football spring scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. Cold and rainy, but linebackers Butch Pau, Chris Wilcox, defensive back, and Isaiah Kafusi all had interceptions. Freshman tight end Matt Bushman enjoyed a breakout performance as well.
2: Will Stan works from the shotgun. Nice pocket. There's Bushman again. He has been the star of the day. Third time he's run into the end zone unless they mark him out of the five. Now they'll call it a touchdown.
0: Tall man, touchdown. In fact, Bushman was the standout performer of the scrimmage, which leads us to our stat of the day, Jerem.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Matt Bushman had four receptions for 105 yards and two touchdowns in the scrimmage.
0: Tough 33-yard catch going away from his body. Like, Bo Hodge. Yeah. He was
1: He was good. Matt Bushman was good. Remember, this guy's kind of on the baseball team, too. Stud, a tight end out of Arizona, Sabino in fact, that's the school that Max Hall beat this year as the offense coordinator, anyway, out of Tucson. 26 touchdowns as senior of high school on 63 catches. I mean, Bushman impressed me quite a bit. What
0: does Kalani Satake think of his team's performance in the spring scrimmage?
3: Just the unity of the team. Uh, They love each other and we got some great leadership here. And it was all laid uh, by the foundation that our seniors set uh, the guys that we said goodbye to yesterday, you know, the pro timing day and the banquet. So um, looking forward to these guys stepping up and taking over where the seniors left off.
0: BYU just finished practice moments ago, and we'll have two more practices before they officially wrap up 2017 Spring Football. Wednesday and Friday, the dates for those final two practices. And then it's
1: on to August. Don't you dare roll the countdown right now. <laughs> Yeah, maybe later. <laughs> hey, third-ranked men's volleyball split the weekend, upsetting first-ranked Long Beach State on Friday in five sets. Ensing. Oh, the soft block from Jay. Stanley. Langlois. Yes! Got BYU wins 17-15 in the fifth and takes down number one Long Beach State. It was one of those weekends, man. 5,200 on Friday, 5,700 in the Smithfield house. Uh, on Saturday, but BYU lost in three on Saturday. So what that means is that Long Beach State owns the tiebreaker. It is expected that the two teams will tie at the end of the regular season, which ends next week. And at that point, Long Beach State would have home court should they win the MPSF quarterfinal. So it's a bummer that BYU won't have home court uh, and we will probably have to go to Long Beach State for the semifinals and finals of the conference tournament. But BYU's securely in place to make the NCAA tournament and go to Columbus. They're, I bet you BYU matches up at least once, probably twice, with Long Beach State again.
0: Is there any chance that BYU could win the MPSF regular season?
1: If, can- if Long Beach State loses to uh, CSUN and BYU beats Santa Barbara twice. I don't wow. think that that's going to happen, but okay. it's still in play. Like, C C Sun could pull off a like, huge that's upset. Like, could okay. Could St. Mary's win the league against Gonzaga? Yeah, if Gonzaga loses to Pepperdine, like <laughs> it's not going to happen.
0: <laughs> you had to bring up Pepperdine, didn't you?
1: What? <laughs> yeah. that, well, name your West Coast Conference team. What? There, there was probably. Oh a loss no, in there. I know. I'm just saying for BYU, it's yeah. Santa, they're Santa the thorn, They're
0: the thorn in the side of BYU. There's a lot
1: of thorns. The, no, there's some self-inflicted thorns BYU's figuring out right
0: now. BYU baseball lost to LMU on Friday and Saturday. Listen to this. Lions pitcher Corey Abbott threw a perfect game. Not a no-hitter, a perfect game in Saturday's 2-0 win with 13 strikeouts. The first perfect game thrown against BYU since 1966. BYU plays again tomorrow against the Utes of Utah
1: at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And in softball, the Cougars lost in a doubleheader against UCLA last Saturday, one nothing in 4-2. In the first game, McKenna Bull had seven strikeouts, and no walks. McKenna, by the way, over the weekend set the all-time win record at BYU, which is uh, paging, uh, pace, passing Paige Affleck. Congratulations. Cougars play at Oregon this Thursday at 8.30 Eastern, speaking of the Final Four. There you go.
0: Rise and shut. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority.
1: You're talking about it, and so
0: are we.
2: It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
0: That's Bushman League, man. I do declare, Jerem Matt Bushman you know, as the 2017 BYU football spring scrimmage MVP. We just chronicled part of his memorable Saturday afternoon. A lot of people learned his name on Saturday, which brings us to our Monday Twitter question.
1: What did you learn about BYU football during Saturday scrimmage? Use the hashtag BYUSN. It was on BYU TV. I know a lot of people got the chance to see it for the first time if you haven't been around and been able to go to the game. It rained, so it being on TV was nice for a lot of people as well. Uh, use the hashtag BYUSN at Milton underscore rat. The countdown is too far away. Yeah. Again, don't you dare run the countdown right now. <laughs> Well, we're probably going to do it. Spring football is happening, right? Just maybe not right now. I don't know.
0: Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the defensive coordinator of BYU football, kind enough to join us after a cold, rainy day on Saturday in Studio LES. Now he's with us on the phone, Elisa Tuiaki. Coach, great to have you back. How are you?
3: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Doing good. How are you guys?
0: Well, we've thawed after Saturday's cold, rainy spring scrimmage. Uh, How about you?
3: About the same. Some hot chocolate, sit in with a movie. Cuddle with the, with my three daughters, and everything was good after that.
0: Not too bad. Okay. Well, how would you yeah. sum up your defense's performance on Saturday? And while we're on the film of on the topic of film and watching movies after after seeing some of that film,
3: you know, it's when you're out on the field. It's it's uh, sometimes you walk away feeling feeling pretty crummy about your performance, and sometimes you are pretty excited. And it's never really either, you know. It's always kind of right in the middle. So it's never, never as good as you thought, never as bad as you thought. And so I thought that there was um, a lot of good teaching opportunities for us, and it's really what we wanted to get out of it was to to uh, see kids play with technique and, and do those things. And obviously, the takeaways were huge for us uh, in that in that type of weather. But uh, there, there are definitely some things to improve. But really pleased with a lot of guys that stepped up.
0: Eliza Toyaki with us on BYU Sports Nation. What did you see on film that you were most pleased with as of Saturday?
3: Uh, the, the technique. You know, the technique was good. Uh, there's a lot of things to tighten up, but I thought that from the front all the way to the back end, there was a lot of a lot of uh, um, teaching, you know, from the coaches that has really been taken in and uh, kids have really changed the way that they played or, you know, habits that they were in. Um, you know, from kids that played from last year all the way to new kids, we really start to see some, some kids make some some strides moving forward in the way that we're at least trying to get it done. And so technique-wise, I thought they played a lot more sound.
1: The defense was on the east side. The offense was on the west side. How, did, how was that determined? And did you have to, uh, you know, com- compete in some way to uh, earn the east side, E?
3: <laughs> no, you know, uh, we just lucked out in getting that piece of real estate. And uh, you know, it's uh, it, it was easier for us to just uh, stand on that side and stay away from the offense.
1: <laughs> is there trash talk that goes on? I mean, before, during, or after, in terms of the coaches? Because this is actually a part of practice where you can separate, you know, the defense from the offense a little bit.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, there always is. There always is, and you know, for I think for a, for a long time, we really just kind of keyed into both sides of our balls, but. But it was uh it was it's always nice to kind of lean over to the other side and yell at Ty about something that he did schematically or you know, he you know, yells back at us about something that we did that we weren't supposed to or whatever it is. You know, you agree on the rules of the scrimmage and then you come back at you are like, Oh, okay, I don't know, we we're starting to do that now, okay. You know, so. It's always
1: fun that way. <laughs> like Ron Burgundy, no touching of the hair and face, and that's it! Right? <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. At Coach Tuiaki is his Twitter handle. You can follow him there. Let's say after a Tanner Mangum interception, we just uh, showed the Butch Pau uh, tipped interception highlight,
1: which I think was a sack on that play, but no one cares. They're like, Butch picked yeah, it all yeah, uh,
0: We'll call it <laughs> an interception just uh, for yeah, this we'll, interview's we'll purposes. Both. We'll take the sack and the pick. Yeah, that's <laughs> it was a sack pick. The rare sack pick. <laughs> like, when, when that happens, are are players kind of ribbing Tanner Mangum? Are, are they going after him a little bit?
3: No, not really. I mean, you know, obviously, you know who's throwing the ball, but on the defensive side, there, there's a lot more going on in your mind, um, you know, besides who's throwing the ball. And so, being in good position and playing certain coverages, and you know, being in the right place at the right time. So for us, it's more, you know, celebrating the fact that you did it the right way. Or the way that that you've been coached, and, and coming up with a big play, and for us as coaches, we're really kind of celebrating the fact that, hey, you do it the right way, good things are going to happen for you. Versus you know who threw the ball or whatever it is, but um, yeah, Butch, Butch did a really good job with that that uh, pick that he had.
1: Saturday, uh, we talked about how this week is a simulation of game week for Portland State, just to get some guys in the the rhythm of that. What is that like today? As you kind of treat this like it's a game week, even though it is the last week of spring ball
3: yeah it's uh you know j- just like a true monday for us with our kids where uh we're really not spending that much time on the field and when we do it's uh tightening things up or just maybe uh installing something on special teams getting the kids to be able to kind of move around a little bit before a-, a heavy lift day and we're really just playing all our base base defense against what they do their most frequent plays uh on the offensive side at least on defense and so um, you know, really, really simple. We're just kind of introduction to it. Get on film, and then we'll come back and, and break it down more in depth as coaches come up with a game plan on Tuesday and uh, give it to the kids. And so uh today's really just a, a short intro, really to get them moving around as well as seeing kind of schematically what you're going to start to see.
0: Coach, what did you say to your defense about Red Lightning Matt Bushman outrunning everyone for sixty plus yards on one of his three touchdowns?
3: Dude, I told you that dude is big time, man. There's not really much to say, but I, I knew he, he's a really good player. I'm telling you, he's a big time player, and I'm excited that he's on our team and that you know he's only a freshman because he, I mean, he he he's, he's he is he's fast. He can catch. You know, he's he's long, and there's a lot of things starting to do well now. Um, his his progression, at least seeing it from our side, his progression as even a blocker from day one to all the way till now has, has has really improved, and obviously he his. Uh, Forte is running routes and catching the ball, but he's going to be a well-rounded player, and I'm excited to see him uh, him in his future as a Cougar.
0: Coach, it's great to talk to you. As always, we appreciate the time. Uh, good luck the rest of this week as you wrap up spring football and cannot believe that uh, we are staring down Portland State. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good luck to you guys. Talk to you soon. You got it. Elisa Tuiaki on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. You like that uh Audible, I called. Red, Red Lightning, Matt Bushman.
1: Red, Red Lightning was the name of Florida State's ball boy, <laughs> if you recall, which is funny. I, I put out a Twitter poll, I'll update this later, um, best ginger BYU athlete right now. So Matt Bushman has emerged. <laughs> T.J. Haas thought he was by himself. Rory Linkletter, who took 74th in the world at a competition in Uganda over the weekend, he's a runner. He's Dash. Those are the top three, from I Am I missing yeah. someone? Like yeah. Who else is, should be in this conversation? Eric Mika, we'll we'll ask him coming up, too. Really good stuff. (laughs) He says Strawberry Blonde. and You saw him walk in a moment ago. He's already here hanging out. He's hanging out. He's he's
0: ready to go. By the way, What's Trending brought to you by Ahern Rentals, offering commercial and residential high-lift equipment at more than 80 locations nationwide. We'll keep it rolling on Twitter, as well as with Eric Mika, who joins us in Studio B. Is it really Strawberry Blonde?
1: And what does he need to hear to actually go to the NBA? Oh, yeah, there's that too, right? He'll maybe tell us. He can choose if he wants to tell us.
2: Okay. (laughs) What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. United radio International? Follow at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: Hey, tomorrow the Bad Cats are back at it, and trust me, they want to play another game because they just got perfect gamed over the weekend by LMU. Time to get some hits. And on base and stuff against Utah, 8 Eastern time. That's tomorrow on BYU Radio. You can watch that one on the Pac-12 Network. BYU has had Utah's number recently. Yes, and I love it. It's a fun game to watch if you're a BYU fan, given the past couple years in football.
0: You know how much people will be focused on that LMU perfect game if BYU beats Utah. None.
1: None. In fact, I don't know that people really knew that, but that's quite the performance from Corey Abbott of uh, LMU. One of the one of the best. The BYU. Yeah. Looking to bounce back against the Utes.
0: BYU football, also very busy over the weekend. <sighs> what did you learn about the Cougar football team during Saturday's scrimmage? At Greg Rosenhan tweets, and I learned that every BYU football fan that I know loved being able to watch the scrimmage, especially us in North Carolina.
1: See, that's what it's all about. We, we know the reach of BYU TV, so it's cool that for the first time you could see this game. You'd call it game zero, if you will. If Portland State's the first game, this was... Game zero of the football season, a chance to be able to see these guys. And the weather was terrible. Yeah. So you could stay at home and watch it on TV or on your phone or whatever.
0: At Cougar Stats said, I don't want any more rain games this year between oh my the goodness. Poinsettia Bowl and the spring scrimmage.
1: Filled the quota, right? Absolutely. Tanner Mangum and we were like, what do we just chat in the rain now? This is the worst.
0: We're indoor with Eric Mika. Luckily. Yes. The rain man of BYU Sports Nation.
1: R
4: E I G N
0: that one. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing
4: stuff out good there. Good at man. math? <laughs> like like Dustin Hoffman? Not particularly.
0: No? Hey, I do want to bring this up though. Like, you you care a lot about your schoolwork. Like, I'd see you really, really getting invested in that. And that's tough to do when you're a student athlete. Like why why are you so hard on yourself with your classroom capability when you're such a good basketball player?
4: Um I hate to say that the main reason is pride. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I just feel like I'm capable of doing well in school and so I don't want to just brush it to the side and I don't know. It, it's definitely hard and depending on the semester, um it gets harder. This semester was a lot harder than last semester because you travel a lot more and there's more games, but um you know that last semester I took a lot of pre-extra business and it was it was a tough load I don't looking back I don't know how I did it because this semester is way easier and I'm still struggling (laughs) um but yeah I think definitely pride plays a little part of it because I know I can do well and I don't want to you know look like you know some idiot that just came here to play basketball um and I realize, uh luckily that basketball isn't everything, and and after basketball's over, I'm going to have to do something else, and I may as well study so I can do something that I think will ultimately help my family, but also something that I'm interested in that will help me progress as a person individually. Walk us
1: through the decision uh, process to enter your name into the NBA draft.
4: Yeah, um, you know, it was a bit of a process. I think that's the best way to put it. It's not like I was saying the other day, one day I woke up and was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> 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 poof! Poof, uh, the inspiration came to me. But it was kind of gradual. I I just kind of looked at things, how they were going this year, um, compared to ultimately what I want to do, uh, what me and my family want to do. Um, and everything just pointed towards towards leaving and, and seeing what I can do and and where I can end up, when I can end up playing professionally um the soonest because that's you know that's what I'm here for that's what I want to do. How much does age play a role in this? Um probably not as much as people think I think maybe they're worried that that's the only reason I'm leaving is because I'm 22 um but obviously it is a factor it's something that that came up and in discussions with my family and um with my friends deciding what I was going to do and with coaches as well you know being 22 I'm even though I'm a sophomore, I'll probably end up being one of the oldest guys, you know, entering the draft unless maybe they're coming from Europe or they're a true senior. Um and so that definitely plays a role because a big part of the NBA's potential, I think more than any other sport, they're looking not to what players are capable of as much as they're looking to what they can become in a year or six months. And so it uh, definitely played a part. When did this become like a
0: viable option? Like was there a moment when you're like I actually could probably enter my name in the NBA draft.
4: Yeah, no, I I don't know if there was, once again, same kind of thing as the decision as a whole. Um, Just going through the season, I think at the beginning of the year, um, you know, I started off strong. I was scoring well. I was rebounding well. And and obviously I think it became more of a reality then. I thought, hey, this might be real. Maybe, you know, I could really go to the NBA um, eventually. I don't know when that would be. But then the season kept going and I kept scoring and playing well, and uh, we won some big games. And, um, you know, I just, I've, I've talked a lot about how, how blessed I really feel to have been in that position. You know, BYU really put me in that position. My teammates put me in that position. Coaches put me in that position to do well. And I kept, you know, responding and, and playing well for most of the season. And, and so it kind of just came gradually. You know, I kept looking and saying, hey, you know, I'm still doing well, so it's a possibility.
1: What kind of progress do you think you could make in your workouts? Because the projections, for what they're worth, uh, right now we're like, all right, late first rounder at best, probably a second rounder. Mm -hmm. Do you think in those workouts you could put yourself into the first round?
4: Um, Definitely. And obviously that's what I hope for, but that's what, you know, so many guys are hoping for um, at the same time. But I just think what will be big for for guys to see in those workouts is, one, I'm capable of, of more than I showed this year. and you know, I adopted a role and I stuck to it and I did the best I could, you know, playing back to the basket, facing up every once in a while. But, you know, the season gets long, it gets hard. Guys start double teaming me and and it's hard to expand your game in the season. But um, this off-season, getting with the coaches and and some of uh, some of my teammates, you know, I did get better at a lot of things that I didn't even show this year. And so I think one big thing will be that. You know, things like range, things like putting the ball on the floor um, more than teams will expect me to. And then, two, um, you know, I, I don't think um, one of my weaknesses, I'd, I'd say rather my, one of my strengths is I don't back down from from anyone. I think I play best when people expect me to lose or, um, you know. Z- see Gonzaga? Yeah, see, yeah, exactly, or when they see me as the underdog. And so I think going into these workouts, you know, it can only help me playing guys that are supposedly better going to get drafted supposedly higher, and I can just, you know, run them out of the gym is the hope.
0: What kind of scenario would have to play out for the draft capability or draft potential uh, not happening, meaning that you would want to maybe come back to BYU? I mean, is there a scenario at all in your mind where it's like, okay, yeah, if this happens, maybe maybe I will come back?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what those are, but obviously they're out there. Um, you know, that's why we left the, the door open. I just think, uh, I, I don't know how many people I've told. It's just kind of a an attitude that my parents and especially my dad raised me with, which is don't close doors. You know, life is about opportunity and, and especially about op- options. And so with the rules the way they are, there's no point in not taking advantage of all of your options. So I wouldn't say there's one you know distinct scenario. If this happens, then this. It's just kind of something we got to play by year, and and there's a lot that's going to happen before I can really make that decision.
1: Does it go the other way too, though? Like if you it is if you know, uh, hey, if I hear a few teams say we'd take you, you know, top 20, you're like, all right, that's it. Have have you figured that out in your mind? What would make you go?
4: Um, once again, not really. You know, I I just think right now I know as much as you know about where I stand. And then the workouts are just going to kind of dial that in. We're going to know more precisely um, how much teams want me and, and what the possibilities are of going there late first or somewhere in the second round, if it's a good fit. Um, Even if it's not guaranteed, you'd be
1: willing to take that risk in the second?
4: Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think that's, uh, once again, something you got to kind of wait. You've got to see how the workouts go. You've got to talk to these teams and, and see how committed they are and, and then make the decision from there. That being said... You know, I'm confident I'll do well, and I'm confident that, that a team will want me.
0: What were the conversations like with your coaches and teammates when you were leading up to making the announcement that you're going to pursue the NBA draft?
4: Like, when, once I told them? Yeah. Um, that was a tricky – it was like a weirdly worded question. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Eric. Like, You've been here a few times. <laughs> I was like, so, just – all right. Um, yes, when, so, when, when you when told, told them, them,
0: them what, what were the conversations? Um, Eric, sports.
4: Yeah, sports. <laughs> um. So Wednesday morning I met with Coach Rose and and then all the coaches after that. Um, but me and Coach Rose talked for, you know, a good 10 minutes, and and I think the vibe I got from that meeting was the same. It was consistent with all the coaches, which was positive. It was supportive. Um, you know, like I said, they know that's why I came to play here because I wanted to get better and I wanted a chance to go play at another level and, and then progress at that level. Um, and so they – they were all in backing me and helping me, you know, do whatever I needed, get whatever help I needed, um, to be in the spot that I want to be in. Um, which was, which was definitely, uh, a relief because, you know, that's, uh, that's a nerve wracking conversation because it's not easy either way. Um, but potentially leaving is, is definitely not easy for a coach. You know, um, if anyone knows how to deal with it, though, it's coach Rose, especially with missions and, and all that stuff. Um, so I'm confident that they'll figure it out. But the overall feel was just positive. It was supportive, and, and that was really nice. And the same goes same goes for my teammates. I mean, once again, it's kind of bittersweet. They're bummed. They want to play with me another year. But, you know, at the end of the day, they know that's why they're here as well. And so they're all supportive. They're all uh, cheering for me, which which has been awesome.
1: Yeah, it is kind of a weird deal, right? Because I think the fan base is like, Hey, have great workouts, but not too good. Yeah. Because they want you to come back, right? Yeah.
4: Hey, uh, hope you get good feedback, but, but not, not great. Good.
1: Is that weird emotionally?
4: Um, no, I mean. Because everyone wants you to succeed, oh, no you doubt. You need to
0: base this decision
1: on but, what the fans
0: th- think, right. Eric. And Should... that's what I'm
4: doing. <laughs> no, I. I and mean, be... It's
1: been such a long buildup. Have you heard? Have TJ heard? You know what I mean? Right. So people are like, yeah, no, yeah.
4: Right. And I and I think that that's kind of the feel I get every once in a while. I'll see some comment or some <laughs> some bold personal tweet right at me, and and say, no, you know, you need to do this and this. And I appreciate that, but I I kind of just see it as you know, what would I do as a BYU fan? You know, I would want me to come back and and play another year and kind of figure things out with this team. Um, and so I'd be doing the same thing I, but I know in the end that, that they all want me to succeed and, and ultimately if I succeed then BYU succeeds it, it, you know it only helps the program
1: I've been trying to think of uh, one or two and done besides Sean Bradley and I can't think of another one I know Kyle Chilton's into in studio. I can't think of another one you'd, you'd maybe be the second so that'd be crazy
0: yeah you know? pretty cool pretty yeah. cool cool stuff Eric Mika with this in studio B but not too cool B. not too <laughs> cool. <laughs> settle down Jeremy it's, it's gonna be okay I'm just kidding what kind of training program do you have right now, um, ramping you up for these workouts with different NBA
4: teams? Um, yeah, you know, it, it's a lot. I'm going every single day, and we've got a couple guys um, from different places that are working me out. Um, obviously, you got to be careful with all the NCAA rules. You got to make sure nothing is, you know, given for free or as a favor. Or, promised in the future um and so we're we're working our way through that and and finding the right guys to get me ready that know the workouts and and know what i'll have to showcase to get teams seriously interested and so i'm just getting to know these workouts and and getting good at them um along with conditioning i think i've heard from i don't know five or six people that know the workouts that have seen them up front a lot and they say you know 60 percent of these things are just conditioning so you got to be in good shape. You got to be ready to get your body banged up for, you know, a good two two and a half weeks before the combine, and then probably the same thing after the combine before the draft. And so um, that's once again, I think something I'm confident about. It's an advantage I believe I have because I'm training, you know, in the mountains, and it's uh, kind of the way we've been playing all year is a lot of running. Um, so we just got to get that down, keep it up, and and then. Kind of get the second half of the workout figured out.
0: The old man, 22 years <laughs> old. So yep. old. Eric Mika with us in Studio B.
1: Just say you're from Lithuania. You have a way better shot of getting that. <laughs> I know, <than laughs> honestly. Like. And that I'm 19. Yeah, and that you're 19. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like lying to kids is okay? Is lying to GMs okay? And probably not, right?
0: Yeah, just show them that birth certificate, like, uh, from the bench warmers that says, I am 12. Carlos. <laughs>
4: Carlos, I am 12. <laughs> <laughs> written, in, yeah, yeah. written in crayon. I, yeah.
0: I am twelve. Congratulations Thank on you. surviving
1: some yeah, we're ex- weirdly worded questions, yeah. Eric. Yep. Well, no every time in studio, be able. It's a yeah. good time. Hey, uh, in all
0: seriousness, we're we're super stoked for you, man. Thank you. Congratulations. On, good uh, luck. All your hard work. None. <laughs> out so there it is. <laughs> Maybe it was Jerem tweeting it yeah, from seriously. some fake as, account. Uh, Eric,
1: this is what you need
0: to do. As
4: BYU Cougar fan, one, two, three. <laughs> Zero Eric. followers.
1: Here's what you need the to. do. Follows me
4: and Taysom and Jamal. Williams. You
1: need to shoot more threes. <laughs>
0: Good stuff, man. Hey, BYU Sports Nation karma headed your way for your
1: workouts. Awesome. Need it. I was wondering if we'd give that.
0: Yes, we will give it because we are sincere. But
1: not too much. We are sincere. Yeah. No, go dominate. Go, my son. Go and fly.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Eric. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, what did you really learn from BYU Spring Football scrimmage?
1: I am 12. I (laughs) I learned that Eric Mika is going to write, I am 12. Yes, don goggles. the goggles, man. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Like you're leaving? I wouldn't say
4: those Stay words, BYU right? Sports Nation. <laughs> there you go. Stay with <laughs> us.
2: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary.
0: Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, we just spoke with Eric Mika, and we asked him the hard questions about what it would take for him to for sure go to the NBA draft and maybe what it would take for him to come back. To BYU, you're not supposed to tell people oh, sorry, that's a that taste. he didn't really answer those.
1: Jaron, he did answer a lot of questions though. And the more he talks, the more I believe that he could actually go. Whereas I, I still think he's coming back to BYU, but I think it's going to be closer than I thought. Wait, you?
0: So you think? See, I am. Even though I he am,
1: finished the interview by saying, "I'm out," all his verbiage is very like, "Yeah, I'm probably done." That I, that's me reading between the lines. But you've got to be all in. But you have to be all in. Okay. He's going to go work out. He's going to have great workouts. And I just wonder if he's not like a, yes, you're a first rounder, would he leave? Because he's not playing here a senior year for sure. But uh, he he is very convincing verbally, right? He's very convincing. He's a good player. He's going to play in the NBA. It's just whether smart. It's, he's a smart dude. He's smart. It's whether it's this year or next year. Mm. I mean, if he comes back, it's one year. And you just cherish it, right? And if he doesn't come back, it make it still makes sense to me if he's a first rounder.
0: I had a number of people, friends, family, colleagues, ask me two weeks ago, "Hey, do you think Eric Mika is going to go pro?" And then I was like, "No, I think he'll come back." But do you think things, he's gone? Yes change. or no? Things change. Right now, after having that interview and having heard everything that I've heard over the past few days, I think he's leaving. I think he. It depends on if he can get himself into a guaranteed first-round draft pick.
1: He, no, he, Now, that's the thing. He is not projected in the first two rounds of mock drafts on NBADraft.net or DraftExpress.com. But he could go. So if, it, if the draft was today, he's, not get, he's probably not getting drafted. Maybe. Second round. Okay. But if he goes to these workouts and he dominates, and, and I anticipate that he could go in and be really, really good. Then he could move his way up. And now, now it's a harder decision than maybe we thought a few months ago. Because we've been saying, hey, he could be a lottery pick at some point. Like, he's good. I didn't think it was this quick. In fact, he won't be a lottery pick in this draft. The thing but he could be a first-rounder.
0: The thing working against Eric Mika this year, and you look at any NBA draft projection sheet and expert, and they will tell you that the 2017 NBA draft is the most loaded it's been in like two decades.
1: Yeah. So it would, it would behoove him to maybe come back. But every situation is different. Eric Mika isn't in a position where he, his family needs the money, which is a huge blessing to his family, right? And he is a smart dude, like academically. He's WCC all academic. He's a good uh, student athlete. I anticipate that in the end, he will come back and play one more year for BYU. But I am... Okay, after Jimmer Fredette... Did this his junior year. I had 0.0 fear that Jimmer would leave. I have some fear. How much? I don't know. 38% or something. See, I'm a little higher yeah. than that. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know
0: that I would call it fear because it's, it's good for BYU. It's good it's for BYU. No,
1: it's terrible for BYU's team next year. It's good for the program in the long run. Yes. But it's terrible <laughs> For BYU next year, if Eric Mika is not on the team next year, you're you're staring down the barrel of the NIT again. If Eric Mika comes back, what's and, better for and the and program? And is playing. What is better for the program that BYU makes the NCAA tournament one year over a guy going the, to the NBA? Riddle me this: What's the benefit of Sean Bradley going second in the draft to BYU? What's the benefit?
0: Well, he was the guy from BYU that went second in the NBA draft, right?
1: Okay, so other than the words I spoke, what's the benefit? For BYU's basketball program, that Sean Bradley was the second It's pick. program
0: prestige, right? It's program prestige. I like don't BYU can put guys in the NBA.
1: Guy in the NBA. Well, now it would be guys, wouldn't it? It would be guy. There's not a BYU player in there. It'd be guy. Like, in the Dave Rozier, who, ha- who has... There have been some picks. Trent Playstead, Jimmer Ferdinand, Rafael Haffi- Adojo, who had a couple years. It'd be, I think Eric Mika can stick in the league... Now that matters, right? Where he's drafted, not as much. But that he could stick for a decent amount of time, I think that'd be like good. Like
0: Sean Bradley did. Rafael
1: Araujo, bust in the top ten. Cool for BYU, but he was drafted way too high. And unfortunately, with that comes some expectation. The same thing happened to Jimmer Fredette. Yeah, I, don't, I mean... I, the best thing for BYU is that Eric Mika comes back. The best thing for Eric Mika is that he makes coin... And it's in a great situation to play pro.
0: It's all about the paradigm you look at it from. Yeah. What's best for whoever involved? Like, it all depends on you your, your You asked about BYU. You asked about
1: BYU. For the program overall. Yes. For the program Next year, overall. The worst possible thing for BYU. Like, it would be better that BYU play at Pro Bowl High than Eric Mika leaving. The team would not go to the NCAA tournament in all likelihood. Of course, they could figure it out in a way. I just don't see it. For Eric Mika, absolutely. It'd be the best thing for him. But what's the name of this show? BYU Sports Station. The best thing for BYU would be that he comes back. People said
0: the same thing when Trent Playstead left, That was a mistake. But they said, oh, that's the worst thing for BYU. Now they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They made the
1: NCAA tournament. Yeah. Because Keena Young became an incredible player. Could Yoli Childs be the key? Yes. Sure. But guess what? We know what Eric Meek is. We knew what we Trent State was. We didn't know what Keenan Young was. That's my point. We we don't know that next year Yoli Childs could be the exactly. West Coast Conference. Exactly. So
0: it's year. too early to say if Eric Meek at least for the NBA BY is not making the NCAA tournament. I think that's very I, reactionary. I'm not saying
1: they wouldn't make it. I'm saying they're staring down the barrel of the NIT. They're staring down the barrel they of the NIT. They did this year with Eric.
0: Exactly. So why is Eric Meek staying I guarantee that they make the NCAA tournament.
1: Because there's going to be improvement. You've been screaming that from this pulpit. I have been screaming Zach that. Zach Selyus, if he comes back and plays for BYU, that changes the game, too. You finally have some backcourt depth. The best thing for BYU would be that Eric Mika comes back. I think he's coming back. I could be wrong. But if he comes back, now, now there's some excitement there. You know what we didn't get to with him? How he felt about Gonzaga in the Final Four.
0: Yeah, is it a moral victory? Did if they he like, the national championship? Was he like, cool, or was it like, <laughs> I don't care? I want to know. I guarantee he wants him to win it because they could be like, hey, that one loss I had on the schedule, that was against me and my team. Or he wants him to lose every game. I don't know. Hey, why you should not miss our Saturday Countdown to Conference Special next.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern.
1: And baseball is at Utah tomorrow, 8 Eastern time, on BYU Radio. You can watch it on the Pac-12 network. The Cougars trying to bounce back from the LMU series. Uh, Play Utah tomorrow. That's always a big one. Tomorrow night, 8 Eastern, BYU Radio. If you just
0: missed our conversation about Eric Mika and the interview we had with him about 15 minutes ago, download the podcast. Jeremy and I were just discussing what's best for BYU. Is it program prestige and putting a guy in the NBA that sticks because we both feel like he will have a successful career, one that sticks in the NBA? Or is it better for BYU to have him come back next year? Because there is this idea that if Eric Mika leaves this year, the world is kind of ending for the future and progress of BYU
1: basketball next year, right? I think you're probably third place again. Just way too early, obviously, projections. And then you're out. Trying to fight your way in to the NCAA tournament. I, I thought about this, too. Can't you have both? Like, if Eric Mika comes back, why couldn't you have some, a tournament win or two, as well as a draft pick? You can do both, right? Um, and, and given, I hope that the way the season ended doesn't sway Eric in some way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this is the weirdest postseason vibe in the, in the 12 years of the Dave Rose era. The expectations were high. They were not met. There was no postseason run to kind of soften the blow of the season. Previously, when BYU got into the NIT, they, they went to the Final Four, and we all thought, okay, they made a postseason run. That's nice. BYU lost a game at home and got blown out by a team they should have beat. So we're all like, uh, it feels really weird right now.
0: Roles shift depending on decisions made, obviously. And so we were just comparing the 2006 Trent Placid situation when he left early and was drafted 45th because he was a guy that had a lot of
1: potential, right? People thought that he would develop. Because he came out probably a year early. Okay. But he had graduated – Already, yes, because but he was a redshirt junior. There was the
0: same sentiment, like, oh no, what does BYU do now? Why, why is he not coming back? If he came back, then this is potentially a Sweet 16 team, and now this team might yeah. not make the NCAA tournament. But guys stepped up,
1: roles shifted, they got better. That My team p- made the NCAA tournament, and we felt good about them. We don't feel the same way about how the season played out this year. True. So the vibe is the, the vibe is different, and I think – I feel you, but Trent Plaisted's situation is different than Eric's too. He's not graduated. Eric is married. Financially, his family's in a great spot, which is, like I said, a huge blessing. So it's an interesting case study. I still think Eric comes back, but I think it's going to be a tougher decision yeah. than maybe we thought.
0: My point because is he's going to kill the workouts. That if he does what BYU fans don't want him to do, and that is go to the NBA. It is not signing a death certificate for BYU's NCAA tournament chances.
1: I, no, I agree with you. It'd be way too early in March 27th. It's the previous March. It's not even the right March, right, to discuss the NCAA tournament <laughs> chances. We're like a year early. <laughs> I just think it becomes a lot tougher because you had him and he was what a 20 and nine guy, and you didn't even come close. And we expect BYU basketball. What's it? What's the way too early expectation for next year? That BYU is on the bubble? Is that fair? That BYU is at least on the bubble. be bubblicious? Yes. Because this year, BYU was not on the bubble, like, ever. Youngest team in the Dave Rose era, though. Yeah. So let's be fair to them, and I think we have been after this season where we go, okay, the expectations were too high. Yet, this team did not deliver uh, in several ways. So it goes both ways in that. Yeah. But next year, I think that BYU's got talent. I think that there will be a philosophical change. There could be other changes. Who knows, Right. Um, that's for Dave Rose and this program to figure out. And I, I have confidence that they'll do that. But the best thing for BYU next year, if you say, give me one thing, you get one thing to ensure the greatest success of BYU's program, it's that Eric Mika is on that roster.
0: Hard to argue with that when you're talking about a guy that is capable of leading for the NBA draft after his sophomore year. One year off of a mission,
1: right? That's incredible. And and that is to Eric Mika's credit. He had such an amazing sophomore year. He developed his game. He pushed his jumper out to 15 feet. Now, he was in here about 20 minutes ago. If you missed that interview, you need to watch it. 25 minutes ago. He told us that he feels like he had developed certain skills that couldn't be manifest during the season, like going off the dribble and his range. He feels like those are good now. Yeah, I would love to see them. In fact, the NBA Combine in Chicago is broadcast on NBA TV. We can watch and see his progress. A couple of years ago, even when Jimmy Fredette and Tyler Haas they did not have the same amount of time to kind of work out for teams and whatnot. We have like two full months to watch what Eric Mika does. That might actually be bad news for BYU fans.
0: Because more people discover and have an opportunity to see what he can do and the growth and tell me you won't be impressed with him when you interview him.
1: I mean, ha- he's... he says all the right things. Yes. He's very positive. He's very thought out. He's very smart. He, before his mission, he was pretty goofy with us. And this is a goofy show, let's be honest. He, he comes on now. He's a little more dialed in, right? But he's still got the right amount of but goofy. Yeah, but he's still fun with us. So he's matured a little bit in that way. However, we have not. We're in our 30s. <laughs> we are not first or second round picks from that standpoint. <laughs> We feel like we have strengths in other ways.
0: Good stuff from Eric Mika. We also talked to Elisa Tuiaki of BYU Football, the defensive coordinator, early in the show, what he learned from spring football after reviewing some film and uh, what he thinks of Red Lightning Matt Bushman. <laughs> Are we
1: going to that? You, you laid it out. We're going to that? Red Lightning? <laughs> do you guys like it? Do you like Red Lightning? Hey, listen, he is. Do we do a Twitter poll? A What's studly the ginger for BYU Football, What's man. The, I need to look up my poll because yeah, I, I put out a poll. Best go. Ginger athlete at BYU. Is it Matt Bushman, football, tight end, TJ Haas, or is it Rory Linkletter on the cross country team? Who's sneaky awesome? Well,
0: and at BYU golf, eight hundred one just tweeted in Patrick Fishburn, who is Patrick
1: Fishburn's a redhead. It, he's rated thirty first
0: in the country among all NCAA golfers. Listen,
1: Fishburn's legit, man. He's really good too. So hey, BYU's got it going. Some good gingers, man. <laughs> Alicia Rose, someone. <laughs> Kyle Chilton mentioned Alicia Rose is probably the greatest. Redhead in BYU sports. She had
0: had a bunch of caps with the US national women's team. Like we were like Ashley Hatch, it was cool to watch her play like a game. She busted
1: a bunch of caps. Yeah, she was awesome with Team USA. Alicia
0: Kramer Rose was You brought
1: up Team USA because you're wearing that that cool this is like the USA. Yeah. USA. Take that, Honduras. (laughs) Kristen Pulisic in your face. Yeah. Yeah. You see the goal by Clint Dempsey yesterday? Oh, Clint Dempsey is my homeboy, man. He's He's my favorite soccer player from Texas ever. (laughs) I love how you qualify things. <laughs> I got I to gotta check my – here's the Twitter poll. TJ Haas winning 50%, Bushman 30%. Rory Linkletter with 20. That's that's solid. a solid showing from For Brother, and field brother Linkletter. Yeah, that's that's really pretty good. Who's in Uganda over the weekend. That's awesome. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, what did
0: you learn about BOA football during Saturday's scrimmage? I learned one thing, Jerem, that we're one day closer –
1: Down to the Vikings. One, five, two. Now, wait a minute. On Thursday and Friday, we discussed that we don't have to You want to nope. sing? What do you want to do? I don't know what I, you want to do. I am open to discussion. One, five, two. You know, it's one, five, two. Like, we used to be in the Harris Fire and Arts Center. We're not anymore. <laughs> we don't have to perform, right? Yes and no? Like, we don't have to sing? 152 I, days away. I can't find any wing in that building, by the way. They're like, your class is in D-502. I'd always be like, wings? What is this? A, 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 like Star Wars? Like X-Wings? That, that what What? That is. is this?
0: If, there was, if there was ever a building that was a legit maze, it's that building.
1: Oh, yeah. They I'm pretty play. sure you there are play. secret
0: corridors in that building somewhere.
1: Yeah, don't, don't ask the band. Yeah. Where's Where's Waldo? You should play it in the Harris Fine Arts Center, dude. That would be awesome. <laughs> play hide-and-seek in the Harris Fine yes. Arts Center. Wait,
0: didn't that happen for real on BYU's campus one time? Yeah, it happened to me.
1: It did. I didn't. I
2: wasn't. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most.
0: Big thanks to our guests today, Eric Mika of BYU Basketball, Elisa Satowiaki, the defensive coordinator of BYU Football, and again, if you missed any of today's loaded show Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play, including Eric Mika calling me out for asking a weirdly worded question.
1: Yeah, you, need the, if, you need to watch the Eric Mika interview. It's great. And, and gauge what you sense is his attitude towards the NBA draft or not, right? Future guests this week, by the way, include men's basketball coach Dave Rose. We'll talk to him Wednesday. And, of course, we'll be live Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern time, for our regularly scheduled LDS General Conference pregame show. Who's in, who's out, who's hurt, who's not going to be speaking, whatnot. We'll break it all down. I kid. But it's the BYU Sports Nation, and it's coming up Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Un- undoubtedly, we'll get one of those tweets. Really assist the content we should be consuming before conference
0: <laughs> in my pajamas. And my argument every time is we are sent in to wake you up to get the juices flowing so that you're paying attention. Which
1: brings us to the Cougar whip It's time for the Cougar whip Football. The defense and tight ends, that's a funny name, stood out in the football spring scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday. Linebackers Butch Pau, Chris Wilcox, and Isaiah Kafusi all had interceptions. Freshman tight end Matt Bushman had a breakout performance with a couple of touchdowns over 100 yards receiving. He's one of the top gingers at BYU. The Cougars will have two more practices this week, Wednesday and Friday, before the end of spring football.
0: Volleyball. Third-ranked. BYU split the weekend, upsetting 1st rank Long Beach State on Friday in five sets. The Cougars lost in three sets on Saturday. They
1: are off this week. And the ladies uh, in the softball swept all four sets. Excuse me, in volleyball. Veronica jones Perry go Copperheels, recorded 15 kills leading the Cougars for the night. The Cougars compete against Utah again on Saturday. You can't sweep in four sets, so they just won it. Well, did they
0: win all four sets, though? So is it a sweep if they win all four? Oh,
1: oh maybe they had one yeah. formatic. good point.
0: The bat of BYU baseball now lost to LMU Friday and Saturday. Lions pitcher Corey Abbott threw a perfect game. BYU not worried about it because they play at Utah tomorrow at 8 Eastern.
1: <laughs> Softball. BYU lost doubleheader to UCLA. McKenna Bull had seven strikeouts, no walks in the first game. They play at Oregon this Thursday. Swimming and diving.
0: Peyton Sorensen matched his all-time BYU record of 42.86 seconds in the 100 freestyle, finishing 24th overall at the NCAA Division I Swim and Dive Championships.
1: Tennis. Cougars defeated San Diego Saturday 4-0 to stand undefeated in conference play. The women's team swept the weekend by overcoming a 3-1 deficit to beat Utah State on Friday and finished the weekend beating Houston 4-1. Soccer.
0: Cougars defeated Utah State 2-1 on Saturday in preseason play. Cougars
1: in the PGA. Zach Play finished time for 62nd with a score of 500 at the Puerto Rico Open at the PGA Tour.
0: Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most,
1: DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Matt Bushman. Bushman League. Red Lightning. Uh.
0: <laughs> Our elite tweet of the day answering, what did you learn about BYU football during Saturday's scrimmage, comes from at Kip Kipkint. The coaches are committed to putting the best 11 on the field regardless of what positions were previously played. Just
1: do it! The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use hashtag BYUSF.
0: For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to the entire Mika clan. Shall we do that? They're a clan? Like Scottish?